Welcome to Lead Sex at Nova School of Business and Economics, the podcast where every week we go over the major trends that are impacting change and transformation in our world. Hello and welcome to this episode of Lead Sex, the podcast that's all about transformation and the latest trends in tech and society. I'm super excited to, to, about today's podcast, not only because we actually recorded out of three countries and two continents. But we have a guest that I'm personally a super big fan of because he hosts a very successful podcast himself. Today's guest is Michael Trautmann. Michael is former manager and recruiting director at Bossart Consultants. He's founding part president of Springer and Jacobi and was global head of marketing at Audi. In 2004, Michael actually founded the marketing agency Kemper Trautmann. The data became known as Tink which was then eventually sold to WBP, which is one of the largest agency networks worldwide with more than 100,000 employees. And then in 2017, Michael actually went on to found Absolute Sports, a company that probably most of you will know as Highworks, which is a very successful fitness event series. And if this wasn't already enough, Michael, as I said, co-hosts the podcast On The Way To New Work, in which Michael and his co-host Christoph have interviewed more than like 230 people right now. That's yes, right. 230 people regarding all topics related, the future of work and actually much more. So I really can't wait to get this episode started. Michael, thanks a lot for taking the time and thanks for joining. Yeah, thanks for having me. Alongside Michael, of course, we also have our professor David, who is currently in Mexico. So of course, David, thanks for taking the time and thanks for being here. Perfect, then let's just jump right in. Michael, looking up at, at your CV, which is of course quite impressive, impressive. you went from Bossart Consultants to Springer Jacobi, then Audi, which is uh, of course something very different. Then you went on founding your own agency, selling it to, to a large agency, then like founding no, your own venture right now. Like through all your entire life, there's always, always been a lot of change. And as this podcast is about digital transformation, but also about change and also change about the personal level. What was the trigger in your life for all that change? Mm. That's a very good question. So um, when I'm very critical with myself, I, I very often think, well, you have no idea what are your real strengths and you're you're just uh, jumping on, on every horse. Um, but um, I found out over the last years that it is all driven by two factors. One is curiosity. I'm, I'm really interested in, in, in new things. And uh, the second and maybe much more important um, factor is that I found out that my, my biggest strength is to um, bring people, resources, money, ideas, the right timing together. And within this setups, um, people are able to grow faster than outside. And it's not me who then is running uh, the project or is the main figure in the company. My big task is to, to create this kind of setup. And um, when you have a gift like this, it is normal that you have to start more things because after a relatively short uh, period of time, people say, Michael, we don't need you anymore. And so I have to come up with new setups uh, once in a while. Michael, um, that's, a, that's a really interesting um, a, a really interesting answer. And, and I was wondering because often there are people that 
they start things and then they eventually move to the next thing. And in, I see often in, in society, people are like, oh, you're not going through and what, uh, uh, until the end. And what you're uh, speaking about is actually very interesting because what you say is, I'm actually uh, a change catalyst. No, I get people to move. I get the resources. I get everyone together. And then, thank you so much. My work is done. There are people better than me to run uh, whatever I helped create or I helped co-create. But a lot of people are like, oh, you don't follow through or you're, you're not completing what you started. Did you have a point in your life that you realized these are uh, my qualities or you, it was something very natural uh, from you from the beginning? No, um, uh, what you're saying is, is, is was the big problem of my almost my whole career because people said, well, like, you're promising so much and you're, you're saying you, you do things and then you don't deliver. So there was one colleague who said, well, your problem is, Michael, you're promising 200% and you're delivering 150%, um, which, which is why people think you are underperforming. Why not start to promise 100% and deliver 150% and you're an overachiever? This was one of the first feedbacks I, I got in this context. And uh, there were colleagues who said, well, you have to, you have to focus. What you're saying, you have to, to get things going. You have to be on board for a longer time. And um, it was just four years. I'm, I'm 55 now, turning 56 by the end of the year. And it's just four years ago when I realized um, during an eight-day seminar, which was working on personal strengths and weaknesses, when I found out this is not, I'm, I'm not a underachiever, or I'm not, uh, not, not uh, bad in what I'm doing. I just explain, I don't explain enough what is my role. And since I know this, I'm... Uh, very careful uh, on, and I try to explain, uh, okay, my strength is to bring you together, uh, to give you the resources, um, uh, to show you a window of opportunity. And I'm, I'm on board in the beginning because I'm good in connecting, bringing other peoples to work. But after a, 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 yeah, a period of time, I may be not uh, the right person who, who's running this. And since I know it, people can deal much better with this uh, uh, attitude. And I am uh, much more excited about what I'm doing. And I'm not frustrated when people are saying after a couple of months or weeks or sometimes it's years, uh, Michael, we don't need you anymore. So the frustrating was when in my agency, when we renamed it seven years ago, so that, that after three or four years, uh, my partner said, Mike, we, we don't think that it's right to run the company with you anymore. We, we need you for getting new business, but we, have, we, we don't believe that you are the right manager for it. I was really deeply frustrated. Uh, and then, then I did this kind of seminar and I found out, oh, well, it's not wrong. They did the, the right thing because... Um, my strength is somewhere else. And so I'm now focusing within the agency group on new projects, uh, on, a, on a joint venture. I, I kicked off uh, and um, helping to get new clients to create this kind of new situations. And with the uh, latest business idea, the, the Hyrox event series, it was again my task to bring my two founding partners together 
One was a, a former double gold medalist um, in, at Olympic Games and a, a star in the German uh, hockey uh, scene. And the other one was a veteran in mass participation events. And uh, I brought in contacts within the industry, brands which are interested in, in, in getting a connection with fitness. And so we could create together uh, this event series of Hyrox, which will be much more than event series because in our days, events is not the best business. Uh, we try to, yeah, to, to rebrand fitness. We try to be the synonym for competitive fitness because in fitness, as you may know, there was not such thing than a competition for everyone. So we created it. And in this uh, setup, I, my role from the very beginning was clear. I brought them together. I am giving my contacts for brands. I am helping them. I'm supporting them. But I don't run the show because these two guys are the perfect uh, leading team for, for High Rocks. And um, I think the, um, the, the podcast is the first thing I'm doing in my life where I believe I will do, I, I'm doing this since three and a half years now, I believe it, I will do it more than 10 years because it is new every week because we have new guests, we have new things and I learn, constantly learn and, and I now take energy out of this and I'm able to create no new situations again. So I'm, I'm, I'm a lucky man, I'm a happy man now, but over, uh, I would say over 20 or 30 years, I very often had the had this situation where I said, am I right? And which seminar was that? Because that, that's very interesting, in, yeah. uh, that transformation process and getting in peace with yourself and with your qualities. Yeah. I, think, I think it's brilliant. What, what was a little bit uh, the seminar and what was yeah. the process? Yeah, it's called uh, the Hoffman process. Uh, it was invented okay. by a guy in the US more than 60 years ago. And I think in the beginning it was more than three months and now it's condensed on an eight-day seminar. It's in almost every country, there's an organization. I did it in Germany. And it starts with um, your typical behaviors you have, um, which you got from, from your parents. So you have special things you, are, you have in your personality. Some of them you can, you can line to your mother. Some of them you can line to your father, or, or is it is in my case, uh, I'm very, very bad in conflict management because I, I very often say I married the two uh, bad conflict strategies of my two parents to an even worse one. So <laughs> in the beginning of the seminar, you, you try to find out which are the things you got from your parents which you don't like, which then leads you to you're getting very angry uh, and you have bad feelings with your parents. But then you realize, okay, they just had the same problem. They got this stuff from their parents and, and you find peace with this. In the second half of the seminar, you find out that your, your, your strengths and, and the things you like uh, within your personality um, are, are combined with your parents as well. Or you, uh, you can find a direct line to your parents as well. And in case of my father, who was a Navy officer, who was, I think he's, he's, he was driving around the, the world with his ship 20 times uh, when he was at home he wasn't at home because he was on a sailing boat and uh, when he then was at home he was uh, sleeping a lot because it, it was very exhausting for him so i had in the beginning i i had very very little memories of what 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 did my father uh, for me and and then i realized i had a 12 hour 
sailing trip where we got into a hurricane. My father was was uh, steering the ship. The, the 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 crew was under deck. Was was really in deep deep uh, uh, health problems, and I was the one who was sitting in front of the boat to 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 to, to watch out what was happening. And I never felt as strong and as safe in my whole life than in this 10-hour night race with 11 Beaufort. And I believe that in this night, my father gave me the confidence to become the captain of my life and to become an entrepreneur, to take risks, to, to take a leadership, a leadership role, and to be brave. And it was just this, uh, and I don't know whether it is the true or whether it, it is just my interpretation but uh, but for me it helped to 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 heal this um um relationship to him where i very often had the time he was not there for me but he was for, there for me in this one night where everything uh, counted that's um and, that's yeah. that, sorry go ahead, yeah, go ahead. yeah and then and then in, in the end you you really uh create a picture where you where you uh where you come up with your own personal mission statement which was I want to inspire people, but I had this before, but I was thinking, oh, inspiring people, this sounds like a lame uh, uh, statement of, of an average coach. But uh, with the help of this, what they call a key to, to, your, uh, uh, to your life or no, the, the key to your life, which was the, uh, how I do this, how do I in, uh, inspire people? I do it um, because I bring them together. I, I open a window of opportunity. I have some resources, I have some contacts, and then I hand it over. Uh, and this was very precise. And I learned there are some uh, uh, areas where I have to grow. So I'm, uh, I'm I, I, not very good in focusing. So um, I have to learn to be more focused and concentrated. I, I'm not good in- Do you, do you let go easily? Do you let no. go easily? Oh, no, that's not easy, and I, I, um, uh, um, I really have to to work on this uh, day by day on a day by day basis. But it was the first time in my life that I really accepted I have weaknesses, like every other being a human being. So yeah, you have this kind of uh, uh, weaknesses you tell uh, HR people when you want to get a job, which sounds like uh, strengths because uh, now you say, well. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I really got, want to make things faster and some people have problems with this. No, no, this is not a weakness. Uh, <laughs> weaknesses are other things. Weaknesses are like uh, you, you don't listen, you're not focused, you, you don't spend, uh, you give people, don't give people the attention or awareness. Um, as we say, Achtsamkeit is a very new, um, new phrase in, in the German language. And um, this helped me a lot. And uh, over the, the last four years, I, I'm uh, much more, uh, sensitive, self-sensitive in in, in in realizing when I am, uh, if I or if I'm on a wrong track or on the right track, and this the, uh, the this seminar really was the big kickoff for it. That's um that's uh, that's uh, that's really interesting. I just spent um, the weekend uh, doing uh, horse coaching and uh, horse constellations, um, and we've been doing that with companies and to ourselves, of course, to do it to companies, you have first to go through the whole training and, and heal yourself a little bit, like you're mentioning and understanding exactly what's not yours and getting to who you are and actually what makes you happy independently of how you were raised. 
it's um it, it's uh, a whole lot of work now um one of the the questions we've been um coming up with regarding we are going through remote work we are going through all these different uh changes in society right now um i think there are changes that were coming already that are being just catalyzed now um but we are seeing i think these healing parts these uh new um 360 almost approach like you just won't want to be the best professionally like you had a little bit like with the UPs in the 80s but you're seeing a lot more like a, a renaissance of um, energy coaching of uh, emotional trauma therapy all these new things uh, where you're basically trying to heal yourself and becoming more I'd say like a 360 individual um, and you're an expert on this um, remote work uh, how do you see like these new trends coming in regarding spirituality and uh, regarding how the, the work is changing to address people's emotions and people's different needs? Mm. Um, so my podcast has the, the title of what we are doing, really. It is on we are on the way to new work and we use the new work um, phrase as something I think in the US they don't use new work they they call it the future of work but we use new work because the one the guy a philosopher who invented this uh this new work was uh, an austrian guy in the us his name was Friedrich bergman and he gave um a kind of utopia more than 40 years ago or almost 40 years ago he said people in the future will just use one third of their time for typical work relations with as an inter, uh, as a, not as an entrepreneur as, as an employee they will use one third of their time to create own things he, he has foreseen the the 3d printer he called a personal fabricator and um, the third third is reserved for doing things people really really want so like uh, doing um, purpose-driven things which can be um, educating kids, helping uh, an NGO to get um, their work done or, or whatever. And uh, we, we like this, uh, this um, yeah, it's, it's a, a 360 view on, on the new work. Everything is driven by the, the, uh, the, technolo the technology change, digitalization and, and all these stuff. And um, I think um, that remote work is the smallest part of it. We, there are many people who believe, okay, Corona um, did show us uh, how new work can happen. And they, they say remote work is new work, but this is too short. It's not, it's a part, it's important. But if, if we come back to normal and people um, still um, use the office as a place where they can control whether their uh, uh, employees are working or not, we're back to, to the old normal. What we should see is during this pandemic, people demonstrated they are self-motivated. They get, they, they're getting their stuff done. They, they, they can decide on their own. So it's a, it's a turning point. So we come from a, for me, old work is believing that you have to control like a command and control in, in the times of Taylor, what people are doing. You believe that people want to betray you they they uh, they don't give their best if you don't control them and new work believes 
uh, like um, the uh, the Dutch um, uh, um, guy Rutger Bregman believes, people are good. Uh, and there's a totally different um, understanding of, of human being that people are good, people are self-motivated, they want uh, many more than in the history want responsibility, and they are able to deliver. And this is the the big thing. And I believe that that what you mentioned, like spirituality, really is a big portion of this as well to really reflect yourself to give yourself energy whether it's through meditation or whatever it's a big part so it's uh, new work is more than remote work new work is more a yeah a, um, a perspective on on a modern life uh, where we need um, to create pillars more than one pillar for our own life yeah this was uh, i'm sorry yeah <laughs> no no um and um do you think we are um, because one of the things that uh, that I believe we are also seeing. I, I agree with that. Right now, we are not really on that new work. We are much more on a remote work, and even like technology, um, the way it's being used is we are filming. I, I, I think education is a brilliant uh, is a brilliant sector uh, for that because you have all these amazing tools for from virtual reality to inverse education to adaptive education technology can really have an impact on education but what you're doing is you're getting like a physical setting and you're putting a camera there on most cases uh, and this is a little bit what's happening with work hey now you're working but you're working from home and we are recording you while you're working so the new work I would believe it's like actually integrating this whole experience in a in a more holistic way. No, absolutely, and it's a, you 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 put it together better than I I I could do it before. It's uh, it's really what what's going to happen now, and uh, I think the the learnings are all there. There, I think it's uh, 30, 40 years ago when they created the NASA experiment where you have a special special task you create a special task on the moon where you have problems with your uh, spaceship and then you have the task to decide what are the materials you have to take with you to to su survive this mission and they give this task or this this uh, this setup to individuals and they give it to um, to teams and teams uh, are coming up with always with a better solution so i think uh, one main issue is collaboration of new work because uh, the world is so complicated uh, there's no this one guy mostly white uh, older who knows everything like we had it a hundred years ago when Taylor had his high, high day heydays we need to collaborate we need to work together we need to listen much more carefully uh, together we um, we have a totally different uh, approach um, or we need a totally different approach uh, in creating solutions. We have to, to bring in new technologies and there's no this one guy who can uh, create a, a machine learning algorithm who, who will save this planet. There, there will be so many people uh, working on this. And I think this is the, the big challenge that we, that we re revalue the, the, the worth of a team or of teams and um, to give teams trust, self-confidence, safe environments uh, to create better solutions. And technology can help and you can work in a team with Zoom. Uh, uh, you can use um, cloud-based technology like Moral, where you do design thinking 
approaches um, digital. But I think the big task is to, to, to understand that it's not the technology, it's the thinking behind and, and that, that we have to learn a lot. And, but um, you mentioned something, um, you mentioned that uh, about these, uh, these aspects that people are good and naturally and they want to do their best. Uh, but then uh, you also went through all these uh, stages where you, you wouldn't accept yourself, even like the relationship with your dad, you did the Offman method. So you were probably um, going through um, this process of getting in touch with yourself so you could actually be your better self. So if we are working with people that are still not at that stage, how can we manage them uh, to, to give their better selves, not to act out of selfish, out of self-interest and actually motivate them and, and getting to that place? Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a very, very good question. And I, uh, when I'm working with, uh, with startups, what I'm doing right now is, 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 um, uh, as a consequence out of my, my podcast um, and as a business angel, I, I very often start uh, with uh, team building processes where I take the founders and let them do um, personality tests like the uh, uh, Gallup Strength Finder or like um, the 24 character strengths from Penn State University and where I let them do the test and then discuss with them their personal strengths and weaknesses and try to to um, them to discuss on this and say, well, ah, now I understand why are you arguing like this when we are in discussion about the budget, because you are a very structured and controlled person. And that's why you, you are a very creative person, why I, you are not interested in, in doing things like this, so that they understand. Um, in most cases, they bring different uh, talents, different strengths to the table and to accept that this is good and not bad. And this was one of my my uh, my my mistakes over my career as an entrepreneur that I focused and my partner, my founding partner, my first agency did the same on the weaknesses of the other. And we tried to 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 explain the world to each other, uh, which is bullshit. We, sh we should have done seen, wow, we are so different. We could together, we, we could create a, a new world, but we didn't do so. And this is what I then try um to implement in things uh, in teams like this. And then there are different tools that you really do a, a proper check-in, uh, that you uh, share uh, bad feelings, uh, weaknesses with, uh, with each other. So they say, well, I'm not the only one on the planet who, who, who is sad 20% uh, of the day or whatever. And uh, this helps then to, to, to trust each other and to focus on strengths, um, of the strength of your partner and to be happy and to be proud that your partner or your partners, um, and it does not have to be a leadership team, it's on a team on every level, uh, it's, it, that it is valuable. And, and, and then you can create tasks, subtasks in a much better way uh, because there are people who love to write reports and there are other people who don't like to write reports. And why, why do you should come up with a stupid role like everyone has to, to do a report on a meeting once in a while if there's one person who loves to do so? Um, very simple example, yeah. Okay, and which that like, how, how would you go and create that dynamic on a team? Like, if you're starting a company now, what uh, what would be like? Is it from the recruitment perspective? You get certain types of individuals. 
which tools do you actually we are we are seeing a lot of different like tools even for recruitment to understand people's personalities i i've heard that companies like um shopify for instance are using the enneagram that has like both like a psychological and spiritual aspect to it but you have like all these uh these different uh, perspectives. If you would go and start like a new company now, how, how would you go about it so that you can get the best out of the, the people in the teams? Yeah, I would. Uh, I would really. Uh, when I would found again, I would. I would really do. Uh, my two favorite tools are the the Gallup uh, Strength Finder and uh, the Twenty Four Character Strengths from Penn State University. Those are two. One is very cheap, and the other one does not cost anything. If you use both, you have a very good uh, understanding of, 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 of a personality. Um, I would use time to uh, to uh, yeah to dream together. That everyone says, well, what is my dream? What, what I'm dreaming of in the future? What what are things I want to achieve in the company and and uh, beside the company? Uh, what are um, what are um, I would take the uh, the the seventeen um, sustainability goals of the United Nations and would discuss what are what are the things which uh, you, you can, can you connect to? Is, is it water? Is it poorness? Is it diversity? So that I really get a feeling um, of how people are motivated, uh, what are fears, what are wishes, what are dreams. And I would um, discuss this on a regular basis. So one good example is my, my podcast co-host uh, Christoph who is doing this uh, Gallup Strength Finder with every member of his team. He has around 30 people. And they go through this uh, through the top five strengths of everyone every two months. They're discussing it. They are uh, looking for examples where, where someone proved this uh, strength within a situation with a client or in a meeting. Um, because he says, well, if I do this just once, it's gone because you don't remember what, what was in this test uh, after two months. And so because they, they do it regularly, some of the people say, well, why do, do we have to do it again? Yeah, because you have to know what are the strengths of your partners? Where can you use Christoph, who is uh, um, an achiever, who is creative, who is uh, strategic? And where, you, where, where should you uh, bring uh, Katinka, who is a a networker, um, uh, someone who's uh, who's caring for a team. And it's so simple that, that Katinka is the one who created the office, who is uh, doing the onboarding because she is uh, good in taking care of people. And I think this this helps to to develop teams, to, to bring teams together. Sometimes you need you need uh, um, similar people. If you do, uh, if you create a, a special a creative task you need more creative people on the thing but if you want to get this thing then going you need you need people who are good project managers who are good in, in dealing with resources and monies and, and i think to spend on a regular base uh, uh times on, on reflecting this is, is a good key uh, to success even for for very young startups Perfect. So thanks, thanks a lot for the answer, uh, Michael. And something that we actually discuss a lot in, also in class, but also within uh, talking about more towards spirituality and mindfulness and self-awareness is that there might be even differences in between how generations see this, this topic and how they approach mindfulness and uh, spirituality. And I think this is a super interesting topic regarding also the future of work or new work um, with newer generations, especially the generation 
Z that, that, that seems to be very different to, to, to other generations. So do you think there is actually difference how generations approach this spirituality? And might, might there be a conflict of the new generation now like going to the workplace? Yeah, I think yes. Um, but communication can solve all these problems. So if you really um, do a good communication and if you really as a, let's say, as a manager or leader, if you really uh, ask your people, if you really try to, to listen, to understand and, and, and do, uh, not to misunderstand listening as the time while you're waiting to speak again, I think there is a, a very good chance to to connect to, uh, to the next generation. I have two sons, uh, 24 and 22, and spend a lot of time with them and, and their friends. And I have a, a big hope that the, the, there will be no conflict of generations if we try to listen. And I think the other ones are the ones who have to listen more. Um, I see very, very good aspects in this generation. They are so much more interested in, in sustainability. And um, I don't see that this, that this should be a problem for new work. It should be a, a very good chance. Yeah. How do you, how do you foster that? Because um, some of my biggest mentors, they have been much older than me. And uh, with time, I've learned to... Um, really have a lot of fun with them. And I really learn a lot from them, even on my social life and activities and so on. And they become part of my life. But there's this thing that if you're going to transform, you're just going with like young people. And actually some of the people that I've worked with that did the biggest transformations, they were probably in their 60s, 70s, but they had like this energy and these things. So how, how can we promote actually this um, this almost ancient tradition and like more on um, on in Asia, for instance, where you have the respect for elders and uh, there's a saying in Portugal uh, that is uh, the devil knows more because of uh, his old age than because he's the devil. So how do we bring all these together? Mm -hmm. um, I, I think it's. Uh, very, very important that you uh, create a culture within a company that uh, which does not say young is good and old is bad. And there are some uh, leaders in Germany which which uh, which are saying, well, we don't need the middle management anymore, and uh, um, we have the young people and blah blah. Yeah, we need uh, we need young people. We need uh, young energy. We need. Um, braveness. We need innovation power. We need people who are digital natives, but we need the other ones as well. And uh, I think respect is a very good uh, topic. And um, there's one CEO in Germany. Uh, her name is Julia Jäger. She's uh, running uh, Gruner and Jahr, which is one of the bigger publishing houses. And, and she says, yes, we have a time where for the first time where, where young people which came which are coming into the company do know more about the future than the other ones. And we could use and should use this. But the other ones, uh, they have um, experience. They had lots of crisis. And I, I very much believe in the idea of uh, um, creating couples, let's say for a year, that someone who's entering a company 25 years old uh, is getting a um, partner who's 55 um, and they are coaching each other. They meet once, uh, once uh, one hour a month for lunch or even more if they like. And the younger one is helping 
the other one with uh, digital, digital stuff and the other one is, is um, coaching the younger one and can say, well, in this company, there are certain rules which are not written, but uh, which are part of the culture. And um, I think this peer-to-peer -peer coaching approach, which is over generations, could be uh, something which is good. Yeah. Actually, and, that, and if you that, have, yeah. yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. And if you have a, a startup where there are just young people, uh, create that, uh, such thing uh, and, and, and go for a board where are other people. Where you then can have this this situation, yeah, yeah. That's that was one of the most enriching experiences when I when I had uh, my startups. Um, and there's um, there's a story from a, a friend of mine, a close friend of mine, that he worked at Norman Foster, the architect firm, mm -hmm. and they were doing the um, the Apple campus. And one of the things that uh, was very interesting was like the innovation. They would put like the young architects doing the innovation because they didn't have all the constraints and mental uh, limitations. And then like they would see what they would come up with, with from their new minds. And then they, okay, this doesn't work because of this. They would challenge them with their knowledge and experience. And I thought it was brilliant. And we're talking about one of the most innovative architectural firms in the world. So I think it's, it's an amazing example of what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, I can say for myself, I, I um, in, in the last months, I had uh, m many good talks. And there was one who, who turned 80 this year, who was one of the, the legends in, in German advertising. Another one, 74, another legend in my old industry. And I learned so much from these two guys now, on the other hand, they learn something from me. And on the other hand, I'm talking to my, my sons or, or young uh, colleagues. And, and uh, I, I can see this learning experience in both directions. And you, I think you just have to be open-minded. You, you, don't, you don't have to be able to do everything, which, which was the case in the 80s, 90s, and in the beginning of the, the, uh, the 21st century, that people expected uh, from a manager or leader that he's capable of everything. It's bullshit. You don't have to. No one is able to. And um, it's good to, uh, to, to say, well, there are areas where I'm not good, uh, as good as in others. But yeah, I can, can in, uh, there's help. There's help. There's inspiration. And um, this is something which, which new, new work uh, brings with it. Yeah. Yeah. The sexologist um, um, Esther Perel also speaks about that on relationships. And she says, right now, we want from our partner what we used to have from the whole village. So you want like the best friend, the best lover, the provider, uh, everything, all the emotional support. And before you had like a full community, a full village to do that. So it's a little hard when you have, everyone has to be perfect and deliver like a hundred percent of what's needed. <laughs> it's a very nice story, yeah. Um, um, like also looking at the clock, I, still, I think we have to wrap up with the last couple of questions. One thing that, um, that would be super interesting. You've also um, already touched about like building a mentorship program, like connecting you and other people. But what are maybe other things that companies can implement for addressing this, uh, like more spirituality, this 360 approach, but also thinking about the current situation with COVID-19, where we are kind of all rather steered towards remote working, which, which actually can, can foster maybe even mental health issues as people are, like more alone, alone at home. So how do you think that companies can address all this? 
I think um, uh, transparency in a company um, helps so that companies are really trying to, to, to offer it, to show their employees there are so many areas where you can grow. There are so many areas where you can learn stuff, um, but not telling them, oh, well, everyone has to meditate. There are people who are not interested in. Uh, but uh, yeah, to, 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 to have a culture, to create a culture um, where people can choose uh, in which area they, they want to, uh, to grow. Uh, spirituality is, is, some, is, is something which is very individual and, 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 and companies should offer it, but don't tell their employees, you have to do it. Some people find spirituality when they walk alone through the wood for three hours and others uh, are going on a sailing boat and have the same experience and others are doing meditation or whatever. And I think openness, transparency, and a sense of, of using the resources which in a company, um, like it's saying, well, we have, uh, we create, a, let's say a two day seminar where all um, uh, sessions or, or lessons are hosted by, by people out of the company. So it could be the, the 22 year old bachelor who just entered, who is um, doing a speech about fly fishing and uh, a 74 old former employee is, um, uh, uh, doing a speech on uh, uh, how to um, bring uh, uh, old people together uh, with dogs uh, because it helps the old people to become older and, and, the, uh, and the, the old animals to get older as well, whatever. So um, the, the wisdom of the crowd, um, use the resources which in a company and create a culture, a learning culture where, where people yeah, we see, well, I can learn stuff. I, there's help, there is inspiration and I can choose for myself, which is good and which is not good. Thanks, I, I really like that, 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 that like workshop idea. Then like last question for today, actually, um, looking back in your, at your entire career, was there one single moment that you can really think of that was the most inspirational for you to also like pursue your further career? Was there one single, single moment? Um, if I would say which was the most impactful week, it was the Hoffman process, which mm -hmm. was not work. So this yeah. was really a turning point for myself. But uh, over my whole career, I had so many inspiring moments, uh, in different situations that I, I already had the plan to to say, well, I, I want to write a book about my 100 best moments because I had so many, so many of them. And um, the podcast uh, is uh, probably a machine where I get this kind of inspiration once in a week. Uh, and I get this in, in, in podcasts where, uh, where I am as a guest as well. So um, I, I'm a very privileged person because uh, I get so much inspiration uh, in different aspects. Um, yeah, I, I, it would be hard for me to decide what it is. I, I could say, well, the first time when I entered into the Google headquarter in, in Mountain View, which was in the case a very inspirational moment for me. But um, yeah, there are so many other sometimes smaller and less prominent things uh, where I got this inspiration. And I have to say, I, I just finished, finished uh, three podcast sessions today on my own. And uh, I'm, I'm super excited. We had... Um, a former teacher, very young, she's 31, who, who tries to uh, um, 
to, to, to improve the um, educational system for, for, for teachers uh, because she believes um, we, we only can make school better if we, if we start with the teachers. There was a guy who, um, who is uh, re revolutionizing market research. He uh, created uh, the most powerful market research app and is able to, to do um, a survey with 1,000 people within 10 minutes. And we did this uh, on the podcast show. And there was uh, uh, another lady, she was a, a, she, um, a pilot. She did a PhD in, in, in medicine about jet lags. Uh, she um, did a coaching education, is now helping to transform the knowledge she gets from, from her job as a co-pilot at Lufthansa and uh, the team building in, air, uh, in, 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 in an airplane uh, uh, into companies which are in a, in a transformation process because she believes um, all this checklist, all this communication stuff you learn as a pilot is so good in a, in a situation where we are now. So three amazing uh, talks. I really enjoyed to talk to you guys. And, and, and so, yeah, the, the life is so full and so rich. And um, uh, yeah, sometimes it's a TED talk I'm watching, uh, which give me this kind of inspiration. And um, yeah. thank you so much. Um, just, um, sorry, uh, just, um, uh, we're actually develop, developing a course at Nova now, which is like a, a trial. And one of the great things about um, the university there is that they are actually willing to take risks, which is called leadership, personal development and horses. So it's going a little bit in that direction. Let's see how, how it goes. We're going to experience it probably next semester according to how things go. And Amazing. I have uh, one final question to you, which is we are a pretty new podcast, as you could see from some of the glitch technical glitches we had. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is your advice for, for, for us? What makes a great podcast? And how, um, how do you actually grow it and make an impact? Mm -hmm. So I think uh, there are some, some aspects uh, which are very important. So the first thing is that the podcast should have a clear idea and a clear target group. So it can be something super uh, uh, cool, which is just for 100 people in the world uh, who are doing something and you become the best podcast for this 100 people because you have a clear idea for this uh, small group. Uh, or it could be something which is relevant for, for, uh, for a bigger audience. So clear idea, clear target group. I think then cont uh, continuity. So to, to be there every week or every two weeks, same time, same quality, same size. So it's, it's a 15 or 30 or 45 or one hour, or it's a, it depends on, but it's a surprise every time. So we have in, in Germany a podcast where the guest is the decider when the podcast ends. So he has to say uh, some special words and then the podcast ends. And sometimes it's 15 minutes and sometimes it's nine hours. So um, <laughs> to be innovative, to be really interested in, in, in your guests, uh, to be good in preparation and to, um, to yeah, to, to, to come to, into a dialogue with your, with your listeners. So do some research or ask them questions and to really interact with them, this helps to, to, um, to, to, to become a good thing. Yeah, and then you, you need a good timing and, and uh, yeah, some luck as well. Technology is important as well. So that's the reason why 
why we uh, really invested into, into microphones and stuff like this. And um, yeah. And to be uh, yeah self-aware, to be self-critical with yourself, uh, and, and and to be open if you did a, a shitty um, episode to say, well, we don't send it because it was not good. So yeah, that's some aspects. Perfect. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. I really love the combination out of you two uh, to, to, to have a student <laughs> and a professor to, together <laughs> doing stuff like this. Uh, for me, it was big fun, and uh, I talked too much, but I was so excited and, and we loved, loved it. <laughs> and um, yeah, and I have to say, I'm a, such a big fan uh, of Lisbon and 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 uh, and Portland. So I think uh, the city has a has a big future. Um, I was there uh, during the web summit. There's another format uh, called the Beautiful House of Business, which is a side event to web summit. We we don't have it this year, but I was there last year. I love your city. I love uh, um, the way you are treating people. Uh, so I would love to see you guys in person. Uh, when... We would love to have you. Like Marius is actually such a, a big fan and <laughs> now as well. And he was like, we should think about something that we could do together with him. Yeah, so we will. We you're will. very welcome to Lisbon. <laughs> thank you so much, yeah. David. No. And thank you so much, Marius. Thanks a lot. I mean, there's, there's the saying from, from another podcast then, that whenever you learn something new about somebody else, you actually learn something about yourself. And I think this is very true about this episode. So really, thanks a lot, both of you. Thanks especially to Michael for taking the time out of your busy schedule. And um, thanks for this episode. And really looking forward to the uh, future ones. See you in the future of work. Thanks. Thank you so much. This was the Lead Sacks podcast, and it is produced by Marika Agelberg, Marius Busen, Philippe Santiago Lopes and David Bernardo Santo. We'll see you next week.